0: what you've done to our breakfast
1: good morning good evening good afternoon from wherever you are in the world and you are listening to the right on track podcast episode 14 i'm connor i'm
2: parry and i am denon
1: and today we are talking about the branch line of Farquhar. Not for Farquhar, as it has been settled in the last episode. Farquhar 1F.
2: Merely a stutter. Merely a stutter. <laughs> yes, we're right in the thick of it, of season two. And what a fantastic season it is so far. I, uh... I I, I think when I look back um, a lot on uh, what I really enjoyed about Thomas back in the heyday, a lot of it comes from season two, and I think this pinnacle point is at its highest. Yes. We have got a fair few classic episodes that
1: we're
3: going to review in this episode. What are they, Barry? So the episodes we're looking at today are Thomas Comes to Breakfast, Daisy and Percy's Predicaments. Again, three classic episodes.
2: Back-to-back classics and without further ado, we're going to jump straight into the first episode, Thomas Comes to Breakfast.
0: Driver says I don't need him now. Don't be so daft, snorted Percy. I'd never go without my driver, said Toby earnestly. I'd be frightened. Huh, boasted Thomas, I'm not scared. You'd never dare. I would then, you'll see. The next morning, the firelighter came. Thomas drowsed comfortably as the warm spread through his boiler. Percy and Toby were still asleep. Thomas suddenly remembered. Silly stick in the muds, he chuckled. I'll show them. Driver said I could manage without him. I'll just go out. Then I'll stop and wheesh. That'll make them jump. Of course, it doesn't go to plan, though, as the
3: title of this episode makes clear. Thomas comes to breakfast, specifically
2: the house of the station master. Correct. I think this episode is full of comic genius. It's very it's very slapstick, I, I think. That's the first thing that really comes to mind
1: for me. You see, what really comes to mind about this episode is how Railway Series-esque it is. Because, of course... This is based off the
3: book Branchline Engines. Mm -hmm. It is number 16 in the Railway series, originally published in 1961, uh, and as are the next two stories that we'll be covering in today's episode. But, yeah, it is really a classic story filled with classic stories. And, you know, I don't know whether it really is slapstick denim. I'm sorry, I'm going to have to disagree with you. That's uh, okay. Uh, there we is, learn to disagree. I think there is some comedic value in this, but when Thomas crashes into that house, there's no sense that it's funny. In True. my mind, anyway.
2: True. It, it is a monolithic accident in mm. terms of reality, but I, I guess the aftermath of it, um, what really strikes me is... Uh, A train has crashed into a house and the wife is going, look what you've done to our breakfast. Yeah, instead (laughs) of
3: the wall or the infrastructure. Yes, let's just contrast this because this is the second time in the second season that a train has crashed into a building. building. On this occasion, it's a residence rather than a business. But the way that everybody reacts to this accident when compared to Duck's accident is really quite striking because... In Duck, everyone was at pains to say, it's not your fault. Mm. But whereas in this one, it's not Thomas's fault at all. I mean, it's because someone messed with his controls while he's trundling down and, the line. And this,
1: once again, brings in where does the human end and the train start? That, that eternal
3: mm. debate. I don't think we'll ever answer that question.
1: Never. Maybe never. It was even referenced in uh, the most recent movie, Big World, Big Adventures, in one of the songs they sung about. Where's Thomas? He could be in a Station Master's Wall. Ooh, how funny. Mm. But... Yeah, uh, for those who haven't seen the episode,
2: Denham, give us a rundown. So uh, Thomas's driver says to him that he knows uh, his branch line so well that he could almost do it with his eyes closed, and this goes uh, straight to his head. He boasts to uh, Percy and Toby, his colleagues on the Farquhar branch line, Um, and soon enough uh, Thomas uh, learns that that's not quite the case, and... Uh, the result of that is he crashes into the stationmaster's house when the firelighter comes in the morning and fiddles with his controls. Yeah,
1: and
3: what an irresponsible firelighter.
2: Indeed. I and
3: mean, how many other
2: firelighters would be employed on Sodor? Heaps, well, you I've would been, recommend. I've been a firelighter before, and I knew if I would ever do that, I would uh, have my head on the chopping block. Exactly. Mm. So, yeah. so
3: why is no one admonishing him, and why is everybody placing the blame squarely at Thomas. Because they should know that, you know, as Thomas is unable
1: to stop himself, they should know that he is
3: unable to stop himself. But maybe he's able to start himself... Remember how we had this debate with uh, Percy and the signal?
1: Yes. Yeah, how, but, I think this is possible.
3: Yeah, because the driver said, come on, Percy, off we go. And then Percy moves backwards and the driver says, well, hold on. That's not what yes. I wanted you to do.
1: And in the deputation, Percy jumps back in fright when he sees the front control, The front? The, the fat front controller. controller. The-, the, the front controller, the back controller, the mid controller, the thing controller, the fat controller. There we go. <laughs> um, the fat controller. And I'm pretty sure the driver wouldn't just suddenly jerk back and slam into a pair of buffers or in the Railway Series fly a truck through the air, basically. <laughs> mm. So, yeah, I do agree with you on they may be able to start themselves
3: in this case. Mm. And uh, another significant thing about Thomas Comes to Breakfast is that we get to see Donald and Douglas. Yes. Now with nameplates plates and numbers. Yes.
1: Yeah.
2: So, it's their first interaction with Thomas as well, on screen. Mm,
1: yes, that, w- that we have seen. And um, I do find the nameplates on Donald and Douglas rather interesting because the entire reason that the nameplates were put on them was due to the missing coach, mm. the missing episode. So I find it strange on how they've been added and there was a line in the deputation that, you know, We'll add, you know, nameplates to you. We'll have no more confusion about that, even though we saw no confusion.
2: I think I'm more confused by that
1: statement
3: alone. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, it, it, it doesn't really fix anything, though, because couldn't they just switch nameplates and tenders? Yeah, they, tr- they could. They yes.
1: really could.
3: And uh, as we will see in the future episode, there are another set of twins who do exactly that. Exactly. Mm, very true.
1: So this episode, I've said it's railway series-esque. And I feel like the story, they've stayed really true to it. It's probably one of the most true examples of the railway series stories that I've seen, with the only large difference being that the Farquhar engine sheds aren't at Farquhar, but at Tidmouth. I'm saying for Farquhar again. Oh, it's an I old habit you can't from. get that out of a, um, The Farquhar engine sheds aren't at Farquhar, they are at Tidmouth. That they are. Credit
2: were due. I think I like that they stick with the aesthetic that
1: they had in the book. Exactly, with mm. the one red brick shed and the two cream brick sheds, which were added uh, when Percy and Thomas both joined Thomas on the. Far you mean club Percy brick. and Toby? Yes. Percy and Toby both
3: joined Thomas. We, we must apologise, everybody. We're recording this late at night, and it's yeah, the first are. time we've had a late-night recording session, and obviously it's not suiting us.
1: No, no. it will get
3: better as we go. Yes, yes, certainly. As we reach midnight, we'll probably have got the hang of it by
1: then. <laughs> we would be hyped up on the special call. It's great. <laughs> so, um, but, yes, when Percy and Toby joined the Farqua branch line, um, with Toby joining in Thomas and Trouble, and Percy joining in Duck takes charge just after that to help with the uh, building of the new harbour and the stationmaster's house. Okay, it's got to be the Tidmouth stationmaster. You would think so. Yeah. Yeah, hmm. and, and and once again, I'm putting down the entire issue of this episode based on the buffers. Because with a close shave, Mm. the buffers were very thin and very tiny, even though they are real buffers. It's outside a proper thing. Mm. And they redirected a runaway into that siding. Like, runaway sidings are a real thing on railways. They are, yeah. When an engine loses control, essentially, uh, they're just directed into a siding where no harm can really come to anything. So... Yeah, close shave had that issue, and I feel whilst they didn't expect anyone to be moving and it was just automatically set to mm. go into, I feel the buffers are to blame here. Mm.
3: In all or the stick- lack thereof. Yeah. Because all it is is just a stop sign on a lollipop stick and then you've got the little white picket fence (laughs) as a front garden. (laughs) That'll stop it. Yeah, that'll definitely stop a runaway train for sure.
1: You see, it's more so a suggestion. Hmm. And, like, I mean, Thomas isn't even moving
3: that fast.
2: It's like the sign is saying, please stop. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. yeah,
3: yeah, Yeah, yeah. It's
2: a a
1: suggestion. It's an invitation to stop if you want. You can decline. If you like. (laughs) RSVP, now please. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yes, and we get a little bit of uh, comedy, a tiny bit, not slapstick Mm. uh, so much, when Thomas crashes into the station master's house Mm. and we have plaster falling on him
3: Mm. and we have all the food all over the place. It's, it's quite humorous. I've always enjoyed it. Mm, and the wife's reaction, the station master's wife, this is, to Thomas crashing through, it's like, look what you've done to our breakfast. Now I will have to cook some more. And it's like, first world problems, lady. I, I mean, know. A train has just crashed through your house. Breakfast should not be the most pressing matter. And, like, this... I mean, we even know the breakfast
1: that they were having because we see, you know, a little bit of toast, a little bit of eggs. That's mm. like, what, $10? For like a loaf of that, they say it in the book as well. Yeah, and then the thing is, is that we even know because there's a tiny microscopic Kellogg's box that the is there? Little... Yeah, oh,
2: that's a fine little detail.
1: Yeah, uh, you can actually see a little rooster that the child is eating, and then Red, this is
3: a rooster on a cardboard box on an actual physical. Rooster. Yes, yes,
1: yes, yes, yes. yes <laughs> the Kellogg's logo trademark. Mm-hmm. Um, so does this justify that Thomas is in the real world? I think so. I I do like to believe that, certainly. Yeah. In between uh, Barrow and the Isle of Man. But, of course, this entire accident um, was made for a reason. And it wasn't to teach a signalman a lesson or Thomas a lesson. It was actually to fix an error in illustration, which was to design an accident that would damage Thomas's running board, footplate. Hmm. Uh, So, for those who don't know railway terminology that well, uh, the little bit out the front of the train where the buffers are, we have the little lamp irons and the brake hose, um, is known as the running board. And the distinctive dip that we have today in all of Thomas' imagery uh, wasn't originally there or done right, Uh, so the Reverend decided to take a sledgehammer to Thomas a little bit and... Yeah, (laughs) orchestrate away. They would need Thomas to be uh, rebuilt. uh, Well, his running board to be rebuilt so that he's got a much more accurate running board. Um, And I feel that's a nice little way to, you know, for kids that might not understand the illustration changes would really appreciate that little extra detail.
3: It's convenient. And it's not the first time he's done it, either, because, of course, Henry Henry. and his accident.
2: Mm. Mm. And there is, uh, I think, I don't know if we touched on it before, but there's one Reginald Dolby illustration where Henry does not look like Henry in the slightest. He's Uh got a very different face, and he's got the square buffers. It's in Thomas and the Guard. Mm. And he looks just like Gordon. Yeah.
1: And that annoyed... Uh, Wilbert, so much.
2: Well, it's mm. funny because I don't reckon he looks like Gordon either. I reckon he still looks like Henry.
3: I thought he actually looked more like Edward in that illustration. To be perfectly honest.
2: Yeah, for, yeah. like when I was a child, mm. I thought it was uh, just a random engine that, mm. I, that was one of the engines that you see in the shed in um the three railway engines. Yeah. Mm. But um, someone wrote to Wilbert Audrey and said, "Hey, what's the haps with Henry?" Um. And he said, well, Henry has square buffers because he was given them as a reward uh, for being extra good and then he went and went and damaged them and then he got his, uh, not his square, his circle buffers again. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. A little trivia for you.
1: But what are your thoughts about the actual production of this episode, guys?
3: I I think it's okay. There's a couple of continuity errors towards the end because Mm. we see a very clear shot of Thomas and his bent buffers... And then we go to another shot of him at the shed, and he's got the bush muffling his voice, whereas in the shot before that, it was completely clear. It wasn't obstructing him at all. So it's almost as if they put the bush back in place to sort of punish him. Mm. Uh, So, yeah, there's that going for it. But I think it's it's pretty nice. We've got that huge, large-scale model of Thomas crashing into the house, of course. Um, Oh, interesting fact about the Station Master's house as well. If you look at some of the wide shots of the three-door shed where the engines sleep, you can actually see the station master's house in the background. Yes. So we had the impression in this story that Thomas just rolls along the line and reaches the house, but in the actual set... He turned around. Yeah, it's the
1: other way around, yeah. And also in this episode, in some of those wide shots of the shed, you can see Donald's tinder submerged in the... Signal Box. Oh. oh, really? Yeah, they were filmed at the same time. Mm, that's referencing,
3: go. of course, the episode Break Van.
2: Yes. The best episode there is. Mm.
1: Ooh, but My
2: favourite episode. Yes. My apologies. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: but one thing about um, this episode, or not more so this episode, but Thomas Percy and the Coal, um, is that Thomas Percy and the Coal feels so out of place. From mm. the rest of these. Mm. Like I, I I feel that the entire story, um, because it's when we are first introduced to the Farqua dynamic, the trio. Um, and but here is when we really actually get to see them working together mm. and having that discussion. So I feel maybe having Thomas Burke in the call before this episode might be a little bit better in the actual suiting of the release. Mm. I think so too. Yeah. Um, But yeah, as you said, there are a few continuity errors. Um, The sets aren't entirely elaborate. Uh, But
3: that's okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's a
2: very, I guess,
1: localised story. It is, Mm. definitely. And the wide shots we do have are of a large yard, which is quite true to uh, Tidmouth, which is supposed to be the terminus of the Northwestern Railway.
0: Mm.
2: One of the things, from a continuity point of view, that um, I struggle with is when you see Thomas go out of the shed after um, his controls have been meddled with, you see him go around a corner, but prior to then you know that their sheds are not very far away at all from where the Station Master House is. Mm. So I wonder... What's going on
1: there? In, mm. in all reality, Thomas actually went you know, he, he travelled, you know, all the way up to Marin, mm. Knapford, <laughs> came all the way table back. the along the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah It's yeah.
2: just an edited highlight.
1: It, yeah, yeah it, there's just an entire montage. You see, the, the entire Thomas visiting the world happened in this episode, <laughs> in between everything.
2: It happened here. Exactly. My... Heed Kennan uh, <laughs> likes to think that maybe there is a loop somewhere yep. in the Tidmouth Yard and he went around there and then went back into that siding. Yeah, and that makes a lot more sense in reality. A- another really interesting thing, if you notice in the Station Master's house, look at the children. I'm pretty sure they use the same children props that they do for Bridget and Stephen.
3: Well, for Bridget they do, but the boys wearing school uniform... Yeah. So it's a different one. Was yeah. it a school day? Uh well, we can only Assumes
1: presume <laughs> unless um he's wearing a school uniform for fun. Well
3: oh, maybe he has Saturday detention and that's why he's wearing school uniform.
2: Yeah. Here's my next question. Does that mean that the Tim Station stationmaster is the fat controller's son or son-in-law? Ooh. Yes. So I have liked this
1: idea before because um, we know that uh, Stephen was one of the boys, well, the model of Stephen was one of the boys that fiddled on James's footplate in Old Iron. We also know he's one of the boys seen with the vicar uh, in Saved from Scrap. And I do like to think that he is the station, uh, she is the station master's daughter or niece or visiting, uh, but I. Like, I do believe that we have seen the mother and father in, quote-unquote, one of Sir Topham Hatt's children in the TV series somewhere. We just need to try and deduce exactly who it is. And Mm. the Station Master is a good contender. I think so. but Because is it ever confirmed that Stephen and Bridget are actually brother and sister? Or... They could easily just be cousins.
2: That's a good point because it never said that they were brothers or sisters. It just said they were yeah. grandchildren. So, so yeah.
1: let's say that maybe uh, Bridget is the station master's and Stephen is the Vickers. There you go. There's a head canon for you. Let oh. us, yeah, let us all know. But rankings for this
3: episode, guys. Okay. Given what we've discussed so far, uh, I would be happy to give it a 7 out of 10. A 7? Potentially an 8, but no, I'll stick with 7.
2: Denim? So, yeah, I'd, I'd probably go for 7 as well.
1: Yeah, I, I'm going to give it a 6. It's not too um, outrageous in what it does. It is a nice, humble story, but... Um, That's a good word, isn't it? Yeah, so I'd like to give it a nice, humble little score. Just a simple six.
3: Okay, then. It's time to go to our second episode that we'll be looking at today, and it is Daisy. And in this clip, we are being introduced to the titular character.
0: Percy and Toby were worried. Thomas's recent accident had caused a great deal of trouble, and the fat controller was waiting for them with important news. Here, he said, is Daisy, the diesel railcar, who has come to help while Thomas' is, um indisposed. Please, sir, asked Percy. Will she go, sir, when Thomas comes back, sir? That depends, said the fact controller. Meanwhile, however long she stays, I hope you will both make her welcome and comfortable. Yes, sir, we'll try, sir, said the engines. Good. Run along now and show her the shed. She will want to rest after her journey. Ooh, Daisy
3: is such an interesting character. Mm, As we later find out in this episode, she's a bit of a diva too. She She is, is, (laughs) very much so. So,
1: Daisy, uh, the entire plot of this episode is Daisy has arrived to fill in Thomas's role, and she hasn't got a good personality. There's the episode. Have fun.
3: That's pretty much it, actually. It is. Yeah. Okay, the- so here in the entire episode, we have uh, Percy and Toby introducing Daisy to the shed where she's staying, and she's saying, oh, no, not it- it's there. It's a terrible shed. It's a good shed. And then they finally show her the carriage shed where... Uh, which is better, well, I, I think that's debatable. But um, yeah. anyway, it's where Annie, Clarabelle, and Henrietta are sleeping, those being Thomas's coaches and Toby's coach. And she said, This is lovely, but what, what's that rubbish doing over there? <laughs>
1: yes. And that leaves Percy and Toby to spend the whole night consoling a crying. Annie Clarabelle and Henrietta, which we never see, but we do see the side effects of, as they both look very tired in the next shot that Mm. we see them.
3: And of course, this being the next morning, Daisy has to take the first train, and she's been told that she has to take the milk wagon. Milk? Yeah, the Tidmouth milk car. (laughs) And she refuses to because she's a diesel rail car. Her purpose is just to carry passengers my around. My fitter
1: says it's bad for my
3: swerves. I'm highly strong, <laughs> yes. And all that. We could have so much fun with this character. I love but, Daisy. Uh, but my absolute favourite part of this episode is when the station master said, what was the fat controller thinking? Bring it such a feeble. And Daisy goes, feeble?
2: Feeble? feeble? <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> it's one of those points where Ringo really gives his all. He does. Yeah. He really does. Yes. And...
1: It's quite interesting because I
2: really bluntly
1: did sum up the plot of this episode.
3: Yeah, you did. I mean, yeah. not a lot happens, but even so, I just love it. And I love how sassy Daisy is, and yeah,
1: <laughs> and I feel the entire episode is actually carried by Ringo's narration. Daisy it has really got yes. yeah, yeah such, I would agree. Yeah, Daisy's got such a great voice, and he really brings out that. Titularness mm. and diva characteristic.
2: And this high morale as well that she holds up.
1: Oh, mm. it's amazing. Mm. Um, of course, she's a diesel multiple unit, mm-hmm. a diesel electric, and this is the f- uh, second diesel scene. Mm-hmm.
3: And she's also the first female engine to be introduced yes. to the island of Sodor. That's correct. And People have suggested the reason why she's female is because she's both a coach and a train. And Ooh. traditionally, all the coaches on the island of Sodor are female, or at least in Reverend Audrey's yes,
1: books. Yes, yes. I, I like the idea, that explanation, because I mm. always thought, you know, oh, why is he making this one female? I don't understand. Well,
3: I mean, there was a lot of controversy at the time because up until that point, it would have been all male engines. And yep. there was some talk that... Reverend Audrey was being sexist, but it, it just so happened that all the engines were male because in his white... canon. <laughs> yeah, in his white protestant mind, you, mm. you know, he it just didn't occur to him that he needed to introduce female yeah. characters. Mm. He, he wasn't deliberately doing it to upset people, yep. is what and we're saying.
2: a few good ones followed, we had Mavis. Yes. We had Mavis. Yep.
3: Um, who else did he introduce who was female? Well, I suppose Christopher Audrey introduced... Pip and Emma to us. Yeah. Being the intercity carriages. And then in the T V series we've had Emily, of course. Yeah. More recently Rosie. More recently but, Nia.
1: But yeah, I the Reverend only really introduced two female engines. Mm. Mm. There I, you go. Didn't occur to me that Food for Thought, listeners. Um but Food for one of my favorite interesting things about this episode is a flashback. It's very, very slight. Um, in which Daisy is talking about her fitter and like, Who's your fitter? And she goes, My fitter comes visit me every morning. And we get a flashback to when Daisy um used to work to wherever she was.
3: We assume British Railways. Yeah, mm-hmm. we assume.
1: And it's got the goods shed, uh, as where she is. But in the background you see a whole bunch of built up brick houses and then just a man visiting her. Um
3: who looks a bit like a sailor, if I'm yeah, honest, or a, a, a or a t- docker, or a someone tiny like that. Bit. Yeah.
1: Mm. Um. The entire thing about the fitter, though, is that we only have seen him in a flashback. So I've got a question to both of you. Yes. Does the fitter exist?
3: No, I don't think he does. I think that Daisy's just making this whole story up.
2: Mm. mm. I think the fitter may be someone who she knows that. I I, I think he may be some kind of fitter, but I reckon. She looks up to him way more than that. Mm. It could be the controller of her railway. It could be her driver. It could be anyone. Mm. It could be a fitter.
3: Mm. And another thing I like about this episode, we get a brief cameo from Mrs. Kindly, I believe it is. Yes, we do. Um, So it's just a... Still image of uh, people waiting on the platform, and uh, we've also got a man rolling his eyes in the same shot. Is it yes. the same "Oh, this railway"? I mean,
1: come on. Yes. So, <laughs> as Daisy is waiting to pick up the car, um, the passengers, mm-hmm. she's very much, "Oh, yeah, look at me! You don't want to ride in stuffy old Danny and Clarabelle. I've stated of the art. Oh yes. And then, uh is it Percy that comes up behind her? Or Toby? Uh, who it's is Toby, it? Yeah. Toby. Yeah. yeah. Toby comes up behind her with a white tanker full of milk. Mm. No trouble. That's fine. According to anyone else, Daisy, however, takes this as a personal insult, refuses to take it, mm. delays the entire train, and then comes probably one of the scariest scenes for me as a child. Oh yes. Which is when Daisy, being visibly angry. Uh, lurches backwards and forwards and shakes violently. Yeah, it's a very violent shake. The music
2: and the face.
1: Yes, and all that movement and jitteriness, it really is just like a child throwing a tantrum. Mm. But as a you know, watching this as a young child, that terrified me. I was afraid. I remember distinctly having a nightmare where Daisy
3: was mad at me. I, it,
1: Connor,
2: it, what did you do? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry.
3: It was never that bad with me. But, no, I remember that same feeling as a child, watching Daisy doing that and thinking, oh, that's a bit, you know. Harsh. Yeah. yeah. People complain about the bouncing nowadays.
1: Well, look at Daisy. Mm. She's way more hardcore. <laughs> But, yeah, I can see what you mean there. Mm. But the end of this episode, though, um, they go, well, fine, we'll just make the milk, you know, be taken on another train, and Daisy, you can pull your passengers to wherever you go. And then Daisy, being quite pleased with herself, uh, ends the episode with, oh, if I can do this... I showed you whatever I like and no more. And that's the end of the episode. And that's
3: what leads me to believe that her story about the fitter was made up.
1: And B- I because I'll we-
3: agree with you there. Yeah. Mm. Oh, now one thing we haven't mentioned mm. uh, before we continue on to our next episode is Daisy's theme, which uh, is a riff off the Carella DeVille theme from the Disney film 101 Dalmatians. So, just for context, this is Carella DeVille
0: that's it. Cruella de Vil, Cruella de Vil. If she doesn't scare you, no evil thing will. Oh, to
3: right. see her So, yes, that's Cruella de Vil. And now we will contrast that with Daisy's theme. Yes.
1: And uh, one thing that I find really suitable about mm. the little song of Cruella de Vil mm. is how the character of Cruella is quite evil herself Mm. and is quite a diva. So I I can see uh, where Mike and Junior uh, came up with the idea of using a spoof of... Probably the most diva and evil mm.
3: female character there and is. She's my favorite Disney villain as well. Carrella. She's amazing. She's certainly uh, okay. But now we've given you Cruella's theme. This here is Daisy's theme for context. <laughs> Surely, listeners, you can hear yeah, the similarities, yeah, especially
1: the start. The da 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 da. Mm. It's
2: It's there. I'd say it's there.
3: Yeah, um, but one thing that troubles me as an adult, though, is that Daisy's theme, it kind of sounds a bit like stripper music. (laughs) Yeah, I
2: I think that as well. it,
3: It sounds like the sort of seedy electronic music they play in a cabaret club.
1: I have never thought that but now I have been haunted and scarred. With that angry
2: face as she revs.
1: As she revs, but, like, now she... Like, now I'm going to have a new nightmare, not afraid as to what... But I'm just going to have... Daisy with the smoke slowly approaching me with the. Da, 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 da. <laughs> <laughs> a, a, and. With the oh, pink feathers And I at the do. Night. No, no, no. Just. She is not highly sprung.
2: She's highly wrong. Is let, it? Is that going to be like one of the imagination sequences in season 23? Oh, <laughs> no, please not. Please not. Oh. I,
3: I, okay, let, let's move on dear for the welfare. sake of dear <laughs> Connor's welfare. Um. Uh, Shall we move on to ratings? Yes. I think so. I'll I'll start. I'm going to give this, wait for it, a nine. You know what? I'll give it a nine as well. There we go. Denim. (laughs)
2: I'm going to give it an 8.
3: An 8, yeah. yeah. Oh, you, He almost had a unanimous verdict there. It was just oh, so close.
2: There, there's still more to come. There yeah. is. A,
3: that's yeah. true, but I think it's a small episode, and even though it's a pretty basic plot... Yes.
1: Again, and it's
2: localised. Yes. It,
1: yeah. it, it's strange because I did say mm. that, you know, the plot's
3: so bluntly originally, mm. but... And, and like you said as well, Ringo really carries it with Yeah, Ringo his carries it.
1: And Mike and Junior's... Music for Daisy is so so fittering, yeah. and I, ah, oh, I froth over this episode mm.
2: so much. There's a lot to love. I definitely, again, like the localized feel of it, but at the same time, there's a lot going on, and I I, I like between this episode and the last one. Percy and Toby, you can see visually that they're laughing about Thomas's accident, mm. but it kind of almost feels like at the beginning of this episode they've gone, "Oh, this is actually what it means for yeah, us." Yeah, the consequences yeah. are yeah. sinking in. And,
1: and and one thing I'd like to point at the start is right in front of Daisy, Percy goes, "Oh, will she leave?" <laughs> and, and then in front of her, I know. And then to add to that, the fat controller, Sir Topham Hatt, goes, oh, "We'll see." That depends. It, oh, will well, Thomas well, come think,
3: back, possibly? I think it's fair, though, because he's had a bad experience with Diesels in the past. True. And I, th- and I think it really brings out Percy's more innocent side, really, yes. because there's this thought that once Thomas goes back, Daisy goes away, and I don't want that to happen. I know. Yeah.
2: Yeah, true. Mm.
3: A- anyhow, it is time for us to play our song, as we do here on the Rise right on Track podcast, Denim. You've got a really interesting um, one um, lined um, up for our feature us. feature
2: track... Oh, no. I, I I do, yeah, yeah. I found this years ago, but when we were talking about said episode, Thomas Comes to Breakfast, uh, I went straight back to this little gem. Um, if you don't know who the WTL network is on YouTube, uh, they do some amazing uh, YouTube poops and memes, but th- this one, I think, trumps them all. And uh, this little song uh, that uh, they've made for us is called... The breakfast song, and we'll let it
0: speak for itself. Look what! What look what! Look what breakfast! Look what! What look what! Look what breakfast! Look what you've done to our breakfast! Look what you've done! Look what you've done to our to our breakfast! To our to our breakfast! Now I shall have to cook something more. Look what you've done to our breakfast Look what you've done Look what you've done to our to our breakfast To our to our breakfast now I still have to cook some more Look what look what Breakfast! Cook some more breakfast! Look what you've done to App Breakfast! Look what you've done! Look what you've done to our, to our Breakfast! To our, to our Breakfast! Now I still have to cook some more! Look what you've done to Bob. Breakfast! Look what you've done! Look what you've done! To our, to our breakfast To our, to our breakfast Now I still have to cook some more More, more. Cook some, cook some more, breakfast. Look what you've done to our breakfast. Look what you've done. Look what you've done to have to have breakfast. To have to our breakfast. Now I shall have to cook some more. Look what you've done. Look what you've done to our look what you've done breakfast. Look what you've done to breakfast.
1: Look what, what you've, you've done, done to my to breakfast. breakfast.
2: <laughs> there we go. That is the breakfast song by the WTL Network. Uh, you are listening to the Right On Track podcast where we're talking all things to the branch line engines uh, today. So far, we've reviewed Thomas Comes to Breakfast, as the song suggested, <laughs> and Daisy. And now we come to our last episode in yes. this podcast.
3: yes. Which is Percy's predicament. Mm-hmm. And in the clip we're saying here, Percy is a bit fed up.
0: One day, Toby brought Henrietta to the station, where Percy was grumpily shunting. Hello, Percy. I see Daisy's left the milk again. I'll have to make a special journey with it, I suppose. Anyone would think I'd nothing to do, grumbled Percy. Tell you what, replied Toby, I'll take the milk. You fetch my trucks. The drivers and the station master agreed. There we go. Yes, okay. so
3: as you can imagine, this being Thomas the Tank Engine and Friends, not everything goes to plan, and in fact Percy has an accident, which is his third accident, I believe, this season, or is it his fourth? No, it's his third his it's third his accident. Third out of five accidents in this season. Wow. In which he ends up on top of a truck. He Well, he destroys a brake van, first of all.
1: Yeah, destroys a brake van, then, lands on a truck. Mm-hmm. And Second
2: brake van to be squashed. It oh, is, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. I, I mean, call brake van abuse, I tell you, every mm-hmm. time. You know what would be hilarious if it was the same brake van he'd just been rebuilt? <laughs> and he goes, oh no, oh no, 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 no. And this gets squashed. <laughs> Not this again. <laughs> I. Uh, that, that's
3: some... officially headcanon. Though. Okay, <laughs> okay, it's okay. headcanon, headcanon. Yeah.
1: Uh, but this episode, what happens is that Percy's fed up with Daisy because Daisy, she's left the milk again, and Percy needs to go make another run all the way and take it into the lion. It's, it's just a big hassle. So Toby goes, I'll take the milk if you want. You can collect my trucks from the quarry. And this is, I believe, only the first, or actually, second time that Percy's at the quarry?
3: I think it's the second, yeah. Yes,
1: Yeah, Yeah, second time. In in which we see a whole bunch of trucks. Actually, the first time we see the
3: uh, lower trucks. Yeah, we don't see a lot of them, do they? we
1: don't. They're very
2: good-looking trucks. They are.
1: And one of them does have uh, the spiteful brake fan's face. He does
2: too, yes.
1: Yes, yes. But... uh, Percy doesn't really know how to handle these trucks that much. Mm. So, as he's making his way back down to Ellsbridge, what happens is that he reaches the crest of a hill, which says all engines must stop
3: to pin down their brakes. Yes, thank you. And then he says, brakes
1: please, guard. And Slow down, sorry. Yeah, Yeah. and and, and then the uh, trucks push him. And he runs straight into the Ellsbridge siding in which he destroys a brake fan and lands on top of another, only to be taken away and repaired, which means that...
3: Now there are only two engines to operate Thomas's branch line. Yeah, and the Fat Controller is really in the
1: same place as he was before Mm. because assuming that it's only been, what, two, three days since Daisy's arrived Mm. and two, three days since... Thomas had his accidents from the uh, events of Daisy. That means within a week, he's lost two tank engines.
2: And now he must run a branch line with Toby and a diesel.
3: Hmm. Yeah, I don't think there's really much more to say about this episode, is there? Not really. I I mean, because it's sort of... Oh, I mean, we see the quarry for only the...
2: Hang on, how often have we seen the quarry this oh. season? We see it longer than we did previously. Hmm. Yes,
1: this this is the longest, and we also do get a wide shot of it, which hmm. we've never seen before. It's and quite a nice
3: establishment. It's shot. also surprisingly green. I mean, for a season where we haven't seen a lot of bush and shrub and forest yes, and greenery. Yes, a quarry
1: of all places. Yeah, a
3: quarry of all places, because if you have a look at the wide shot listeners, uh, you'll be able to see in the background those trees perched on top of a green hill, and then you've got a sort of rusty shed to the side, some red water tanks. You know, it's quite mm. colourful for That's a quarry. It's a big set. Yeah. Yes. And this
1: was the original Centre Island quarry, Nofa quarry. It goes by many names for Far- Farquhar. Farquah quarry. A, you just can't get out of the habit, can you, kind I'm, I'm I'm learning <laughs> slow, slow, He'll slowly. Get this on the <laughs> slow slowly. Hmm. Um my, I out of all the iterations of the quarry, this is my personal favourite. Really? Yeah. It it isn't too large and it is nice and quaint, uh, which I believe that the quarry really should be. Mine
2: hmm. is uh yet to be seen yet. in this season.
1: Okay. We'll we'll, we'll see it in a few episodes' time. In a few episodes. We'll get there. We'll get there.
2: Hmm. Um,
3: Uh, But what's very interesting here is that this isn't really a Daisy episode, but we see it towards the end, and the Fat Controller sort of admonishes her because he said, you know, if you had taken the milk truck, this wouldn't have happened. Yes. But at the same time, he says that you know, you've been doing good work, Toby says you've been helping out, so, mm. you know, we'll let you stay on for a little bit longer. And he really hasn't got a choice. It, mm. No, he doesn't have a choice, no, because otherwise he'd just be left with Toby and that poor tram engine with his very small water tank isn't going to do much exactly. on that branch line. Exactly, But, yeah, it's like there's another conflict here with Daisy that doesn't really get thoroughly explored in this no, episode, no. I think.
2: What's interesting here is that in the original book... Um, the episode or the story Bullseyes was supposed to happen in between Daisy and Percy's predicament.
3: Mm. And it is alluded to in the opening narration because uh, Ringo said that Daisy wasn't particularly fond fond of of cows cows, or they frightened her, something like that. And then at the end of the episode, it says Daisy even shooed a cow off the line the other day. Mm. So, yeah, it's really strange to hear and see that having not seen Bullseyes, which, of course, doesn't happen until the fourth season. Yeah. Yeah. And it feels really out of place by the time we see it as well.
2: (laughs) Yeah, the latter end of season four, like, whilst I love it, it's a little weird. Yeah, Yeah, it's it's like a
3: hodgepodge of stories because you've got all. Henry and the Elephant. Yeah, yeah. But before that, you've got uh, the Scarlowy Railway stories, the stories with Duke, you've got the Stepney stories, and then you've got this. Mishmash of other Thomas stories thrown right in at the end there
1: that were previously not there. It's like, oh, eh, we need to fill time, mm, but fill it, slots.
3: Anyway, back to this. Percy's predicament. Season two. Uh, honestly, I even though we get to see a really impressive accident. Yes. Yeah, it's probably one of the weaker episodes for me. This one.
1: Yeah, I I, I would say it is a lot weaker. However, mm. me admiring all special effects and the mm. sorts. The crushing of the brake van, I feel, is so satisfying. Mm. And then we see Percy crash into it, it crush, and Percy lift up and then rest.
3: Mm. I, I, I suppose, though, you know, there's some nice shots or some nice sets. So maybe I'm just feeling a little bit
2: cynical. No, no, no. That's no. okay. Some episodes overshine over others. Yeah. Mm. Like, we've had Daisy. We've had Thomas comes to breakfast. Mm. Yeah. Three pretty solid episodes, I reckon.
3: So, yeah, it's kind of like we're looking at that traditional three-act structure here in mm. these three stories because you've got the rising tension in Thomas's accident, you've got the peak conflict, which is Daisy being unable to function like a normal train, and then you've got the falling conflict, which is Percy's accident, and then, of course, the conflict resolving itself.
1: Yeah, What? Well, mm. yeah, you see... This is a really nice trilogy because it stays very true to the Railway Series, Inspiration, mm. Branch Line Engines. However, I feel that it fails on the point that it doesn't really resolve itself at all. And I feel like what would resolve it would be that little bit of cows, mm. that missing episode. Cause, I think so, too. Yeah. Then we would actually see Daisy get some Uh We would see Toby and her interact a little bit more. And then we'd actually get to see what
3: happens as a result. That's another interesting point, actually, because she doesn't interact with the engines all that much, apart from when they're showing her around mm. the sheds. So there's none of that back-and-forth dialogue that we'd see in Bullseyes.
2: Exactly. Mm. It's, yeah. Here's another thought. Do you reckon... Now, this is stretching it a bit, but do you reckon they could have adapted that uh, Christopher Audrey story? The name escapes me, but it involves Daisy and George.
1: Oh, I know you're on about um, no idea what the name is. However, I do feel that they could have adapted it. However, the George model was definitely way too complicated, I feel, for at the time. Could they
2: Mm. have dubbed Trevor in that role?
1: Not necessarily. Well, they've
3: got two different temperaments because George is like "railways are no good, turn them in the roads," and Trevor's more this jovial dun, dun, figure.
1: Doom, 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 doom. But yeah, um, yeah. So they could have actually. This is probably Daisy's main role, um, roles overall, up until probably Sodor's Legend of the Lost
3: Treasure. Because she makes an appearance in season four, just the one appearance in yep. the one episode, and then we have cameo appearances of her
1: But she doesn't say uh, or, or we or don't do see much. her
3: face yeah, or yeah. anything like that. And then yeah, once we reach the CGI series, that's when she really comes back. Yes. and she
2: came back like we had four episodes in season twenty They were know. purely about Daisy, and I love that one episode was purely inspired by the line you won't want Thomas's bumpy old Annie and Clarewell now. Yes,
1: certainly. So, what do you think that she's been doing?
3: Well, in that time, uh, just hanging about on the branch just, line. Just, just you know, chilling. Not not getting up to too much
1: taking, trouble. Taking long rides along the Farqua
2: branch. Mm. Or, do you reckon she was loaned back to British Railways at some point? That's a possibility.
1: Yeah, I'd certainly be okay with that. And it makes sense because... Uh, the Fat Controller only really needed her uh, for while Thomas was getting repaired. And since he didn't really have any need for an extra diesel or extra coach or train mm. in reality, it might have just been easier to loan her. Yeah, mm. And thus, the Fat Controller gets a little
2: bit from that as well. Mm. So, ratings?
3: Six from me. Yeah.
2: Look... There's stuff I really like about this episode. I think one of the things that we didn't really highlight about this story is the music ditties. I think there's some lovely kind of exclusive stuff to this story. Again, we get to explore the quarry a little bit more and we get a wonderful crash sequence. Um, whilst it is really good, we're starting to see a lot of crashes happening to Percy, but I think that's like why he's probably a very attractive character to have as a favourite when you're younger because he has the coolest crashes and I think James kind of falls under that category as yep. well. With
3: yep. Well, why doesn't Henry fall under that category then? He um, had, he's got trauma, okay? Uh, but, uh, hold on. In season five, though, he literally drowns in the sea. He's got more trauma.
2: <laughs> we leave Henry alone.
3: Yeah. Uh, no, I love Henry. Okay, we, just, I we, just want to put do. that out there. Yes. We call more torture to Henry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so,
1: yeah, I, I do agree with you on the musical ditty. So, what's your ranking? I'll give it an 8. You give it an 8? I'll give it a 6.5. A- a- again, um, as Parry mentioned, not entirely that much has happened in it, and I feel it is missing that little bit of comeuppance and resolution apart from you know, maybe actually have Thomas return back, which in a deleted scene of this episode, uh, we see that Thomas does actually return, like, properly all early before uh, Percy's accident. So I, I feel having that sort of falling edge to it would have really aided it. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that's
2: why 6.5 for me. There we go. Interesting uh, little spectrum of scores right there. Yeah. But we're all mm. about very different opinions. Diversity. In yeah, yeah,
1: diversity in scores. And this trilogy really has had different scores. It mm. has, like across like, like, the board.
3: Yeah, I mean, even though it is a really strong trilogy and all the episodes are good, you know, mm. it sort of fluctuates quite yeah, a bit. Yeah, like
1: it's- Thomas Comes to Breakfast was like a 6, 7 average. Then Daisy was 9s and 8s. Yeah. So then this one's sort of... Middling at six with another eight. It's kind
3: of like the Thomas the Tank Engine equivalent to the Back to the Future trilogy. You know, yes. you know it's a good trilogy, but no one could really quite settle on which ones Ooh, the good yeah. movie, which ones the bad yeah. movie. It's sort
1: of all
2: over the place. That's so, that's a good judgment.
1: Yeah, we'll, well, we'll certainly be interested in hearing what you score these episodes because we've mm. had a diverse range. Maybe you guys can settle the score. "Quote unquote." Absolutely,
2: but for now. That has come to the end of another episode of Ride on Track. We've loved uh, talking about Thomas and we love to talk Thomas with you. And you can reach us on our various social media platforms. That
3: you can. We've got our Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash Right on track Thomas podcast.
1: We have got our Twitter platform, which is at
2: on track Thomas. We have our Instagram profile, which is ttte underscore Right on track. And you can also email us at Thomas at gmail.com.
3: Com. That indeed you can. And we've also got our own special page on the Sin website, do we not, Denon?
2: We do. If you go in the current podcast range, you can find us at top tier at Right on Track Podcast.
3: Mm. Yes. And the Sin website, just for those who aren't aware, is syn.org.au. It's got heaps of great content, not just our podcast. You can yes. see stuff from Amplify, from Art Smitten, from Get Cereal to Breakfast Show. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. We're, we're, we're just you know, putting in other shows that we are all a part of. Yeah, we're we're (laughs) just plugging our own radio shows at this point.
2: It's interlinking. Everything comes full circle. But,
1: yes, thank you so much for joining us for episode 14 of Right On Track. Where we covered three wonderful episodes. Perry, what are we going to be covering
3: next time? In episode 15, we'll be looking at the Diseasel, Wrong Road, and Edwards exploit, in which we're introduced to Bill, Ben, and Boko. What a wonderful lineup we have got ahead of us. I'm excited. Yes. But I'm still Connor. I've still been Perry. I've still
1: been Denim. And this has been the Rat on Track podcast. Adios. Bye bye. See you
2: later.
0: Now I shall have to cook some more.